there. This is Carrie Schaefer, also known as author Carrie Ann King, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Secrets, where I get to take you off the page with the people who make the books we all love to read. Tell Me Your Secrets is produced from live stream video and is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Broadcasting Network. Hey everybody, Carrie here with Tell Me Your Secrets, one of the authors on the air radio network shows. And I am really excited to introduce today's guest to you. But before I do that, I have to talk about my own book just for a minute because I'm super excited. So I have to share with you other people's things. ARC copies came in this week and I love this cover, you guys. They put this little book charm on the charm bracelet, which I just think is so fun. Um, If you are just listening and can't see this on the video, then you will have to go look at the book for yourselves. You can find me and get on my newsletter to find out how you can win an ARC at allthingscarry.com. That's allthingscarry, K-E-R-R-Y.com. And you can sign up for the newsletter. I'm going to be doing an exclusive giveaway for an ARC. So you may want to be in on that. Now, I want to tell you about our guest today. We're going to be talking with Amanda Vink, who is just a fascinating person. She is publishing her first novel, which is not out yet, and she started her own small publishing company. I want to hear all about the journey. And the book is Marjorie Hart and the Tree of Life. And you know what? For me, it was kind of like a little bit uh, Tomb Raiders and a little bit... um, Oh, gosh, how can I not remember the name of one of my favorite movies? You know, Harrison Ford, Snakes, all of the, you know, the Ark, Covenant, and all that <laughs> That movie, that right there, I'm having one of those brain moments, and I'm going to blame it on my writing. But maybe Amanda can help me out. So I'm going to bring her on, and here we go. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Carrie. I love your book cover. Oh, well, thank you. Me too. It's always so fun to have the book covers come out, isn't it? And- oh, it is. And, and yours, I know, has a story, and I love your covers. So I think, actually, let's just start there. Everybody loves covers. So would you please, pretty please, show the people who are here on the show um, live um, what your cover looks like? Sure, I would yeah. love to. So this is the cover. There we go. Marjorie Hart and the Tree of Life. So I want you to think about this for a minute. If you're looking at this, what does it make you? What does it remind you of? Katie Max says, Indiana Jones. Thank you. She was helping me out because I was all lost and confused. But this cover, y'all, it's just so cool. It's really retro. So Amanda, would you tell us where you got the idea for, you know, a cover like that for this book? Sure, of course. Um, So I was really, at first, you know, starting my own publishing company, I was was thinking, I I have some background, I'm kind of, uh, I know a a little bit of an of things enough to be dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like me. (laughs) Yeah. So I was at first, I was like, Oh, I can do the cover myself. And you know, I have in design some InDesign skills. So I'm doing it, I'm doing it. I spent days and days doing it. And I was just like, you know, you cast my a, husband. My husband knows that I was just not happy at all. So I decided to actually hire a professional professional, which was a great route. Um, but I gave all this research to him yeah. and it was based on 1920s travel posters. Yeah. 
That's exactly so. what it reminds me of. It's those, those old, either like a travel poster or an old movie poster, you know, for, from that era. And that, I just love that. Yeah, yeah, the art deco, very yeah. clean lines. I, I love that look. Yeah, 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 it's so cool. So do you want to share with us who, do you do you know off the top of your head who your cover designer was? Yeah, I, I, I do. I have it written right here. See, that's very good because I would forget. And <laughs> I might pronounce his name wrong. And if I do, I apologize. But his name is Milan. Jakovinik. Okay. M Milan, sorry. Milan Jakovinik. All right. And he's awesome. Um, he is awesome. Clearly. I, I, I love the cover. So um, tell us a little bit about the book. What is going on? Um, you know, am I right that we're a little bit Indiana Jones and a little bit, you know, um, Tomb Raider here? You are very right. <laughs> So I grew up on these movies. Um, in fact, my my father was, was a great influence on this this theme because he actually dresses up as Indiana Jones every once in a while. <gasps> really? He's a math professor, and he oh. um, yeah. So he dresses oh, up and he has characters come to his class. And oh one my of, goodness! Yeah, one of them is uh, it's called Fredonia Rogers. So <laughs> it's really great. It's I love it. Um, but growing up with this, like this idea of adventure and like the serials, you know, they used to be so popular. Um, yeah. I, just, I was just one day I was thinking, you know, I could write one of these. And so it was born. And so and so it was. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get too much further into this book. Um, because this is a point of curiosity. This is not really your first book, but it's your first novel. So what did you write before you wrote this? Sure. Um, the first it, the first book that I published uh, was with West 44 Books, and it's a novel in verse. It's called And We Call It Love. Okay, so it is a novel. Let me take it back. It, it's still a novel. It's just a novel in verse. Right, right. And it's it's a high-low novel. So it's okay. in a high concept, but low vocabulary level. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's for people who, uh, to help them get into reading. Right. And I can actually show you that book. Yeah, that's here. fantastic. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, and if if you can't see this one, um, there's a picture of a half-eaten apple on the cover, which is always, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The designer on that one, his name is Seth Hughes, and he's also a yeah designer. Well, so I I kind of have a theme here <laughs> because we we have an apple on the first cover, and now we have Marjorie and the Tree of Life. So tell us a little bit about what is going on in the book with Marjorie Hart and the Tree of Life. You know, um, she is not like. Harrison Ford, I kept keep calling. I'm sorry. I love Harrison. I'm a fan. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in love with the man. Honestly, I don't get really fangirly about very many stars, but that he's one. Um, <laughs> she, your character, Marjorie, is not like him much or like, you know, um, the Tomb Raider gal or, you know, any of those other people. So tell us a little bit about Marjorie and, you know, how she gets set on this adventure. Absolutely. Marjorie is, uh, she lives in Buffalo, New York, which is where I'm from. Um, and she is a photojournalist and she's really into photography. Um, however, she also, her father is a archeologist slash cartographer. And he, throughout her life is away on uh, excavations, drawing maps, you know, adventuring. Um, before this novel gets 
started, uh, he has passed away about a year beforehand. Right. And she receives a letter from him. Right. You guys, it starts with a letter from her father who's been dead for like a year. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And he, he has been searching for the tree of life his entire life. And that's why he was on his, his little mission. And he basically tells her that his death wasn't an accident and she should go and finish his journey. Right. So, Which is where we don't want to give too much more right. away. So this is where things, you know, people start dying, people start stealing things, people have interest in her map, you know, as you would expect. And then it takes us all over um, the, the Middle East, really, where she's trying to... Uh, trying to solve this this problem and find people and there is a love interest he's he's also pretty steamy yeah <laughs> do you do you want to maybe just read the first um page of this for those of us who would love to hear yeah absolutely yeah, that would be fantastic chapter one the rushing sound of machinery filled the room as the woman in the gray dress waited at the Buffalo Herald. All around her, newspaper reporters operated the 20-odd typewriters packed inside the room. Love the news, or hate it. Its current changed the world every day. For Marjorie Hart, there were few sounds lovelier. Well, maybe the click of a camera shutter. But today... Even the spelling out of all these words could not quell her nerves. She wanted to pull at her collar, which felt increasingly restrictive. Instead, she folded her hands in her lap. After spending the better part of the week walking in and out of the top newspaper offices in the city, she had exhausted her other connections. But she was sure the Buffalo Herald was the newspaper. It had to be. She sat in the makeshift waiting area, a few chairs next to the only office on the floor and a grimy window. Someone had drawn the shape of a star onto the window's glass. Through that outline, another tall building reached high into the sky of the modern city of Buffalo, New York. I can leave it there. Cool. And it, it sets the scene so beautifully. I, I, you really went to a lot of work to bring us into the time period and the places where you take us. I was curious as I was reading, have you visited some of these places or did you just do some really deep research? I so wish I had visited these places. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, on my list of, of places to go, uh, all of these places. Yeah. But, but I did a lot of research. Uh, yeah, a lot of research to. into the 1920s. Uh-huh. Right, right. Um, yeah, so it's, it's so fun. So um, I love I love books like this. They take us to on an adventure, and I get to learn something and go somewhere where I haven't been. And then I love, um, I'm into a little bit of magic. So having a character who doesn't believe, like Marjorie, kind of being dragged into this search for the tree of life, you know, does it exist? Does it not exist? And then, you know, that whole experience, it's just, um, it's it's a fun adventure. So I'm really curious how you came to start your own publishing 
company though this is this is not a usual thing you know most of us who are writers don't wake up one morning and say you know i think i'll just start my own publishing company so how did, how did that happen sure I, it's it's been somewhat of a long time coming i've i've been working in publishing for almost 10 years um i graduated from SUNY Fredonia with a bachelor's degree in English. And immediately after that, I started working in publishing. I did internships in New York. Um, I uh, did a bunch of freelance stuff. I'm going to stop you right there because we're all curious. So the New York publishing houses, there's so much romance around those. And I know the the real reality is you just work really hard and don't get paid very much. But um, did, did you get to work on any like really big books or anything like that? And maybe you can't tell us, but I'm just um, I did work on a few big things. And one thing that was really cool, really cool, is that when you're you're in the office, all of a sudden they bring in a, like a box full of books and they're like, here, here, take these books. And you're like, this hasn't come out yet. <laughs> like I'm holding this. I know. <laughs> That's really cool. That's a really fun part of the job. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Um, I, I like it just just for me doing this podcast. I get a little piece of that because people send me books that aren't out yet and I have them in my little hands and I get to read and it's like having this secret that you're but sometimes it's hard because the book's awesome and you really want to talk about it, but you can't because nobody's read it yet and it's all spoilers and, you know, all that stuff. So, Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but um, so so you worked in as an intern for a while and then, then what happened? And then um, I, I came back to Western New York, um, which is where I'm originally from. Uh-huh. And I started working for an educational publisher in the area. And I worked in production and I worked as an editor. Uh-huh. So luckily, those two things bridged very nicely. Yeah. And I was able to start my own thing. And I sort of had a little a little bit of, like I said, I have enough to be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. I do that a lot. That's yeah, so I just I had been thinking about it for a few years, and with COVID happening, uh, basically I I was furloughed because the educational publishing arena just shut down when COVID started. Right. None, none of the libraries were buying any books, so you know there wasn't much to do. So during this period, it was like, well, now or never. Like you gotta do, like if you want to do it, you gotta do it now. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you're publishing your own book. This is the first one you're putting out. And then, um, by the way, if you're listening in, it's Caledina Press and that's K-A-L-E-D-E-N-A press.com um, where you'll find out about the publishing company and about the book. So um, that's where you can check in. So do you have plans for bringing out any any author other author's books or, you know, what's coming up for you? Yes, I do. Um, I'm currently reading submissions and I'm accepting submissions. Um, and also I am personally working on a new book. So there's, there's a lot going on. Okay, so um, two questions then to follow up on that. So for starters, what kind of submissions are you looking for, for, you know, writers who might be trying to find a home for their book? Sure, absolutely. Um, publishing both fiction and nonfiction, full-length novels. Um or full-length manuscripts, I should say. Um, and I personally really like history. So if there's anybody with a historical twist on it, know that know that, that will be looked upon uh, well. Yeah. 
Okay, so you like historical stuff and um, obviously historical adventure things, a um, yeah. little bit mystery, that sort of. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if it's a good story, I'm willing to, you know, I like good stories. Right. <laughs> okay, and so how would people, they go to Caladina Press and it'll tell, tell them how to yeah. go about contacting yeah. you? All right, so very cool. And well, yeah, I always want to know, what are you working on next? What are you working on now? I'm actually working on the sequel to Marjorie. Ooh. So I, I'm not going to say too much. <laughs> oh, do we get to know what where they're going or what they're looking for? Or? Well, I can, maybe I will uh, reveal <laughs> the, the, the title of it. Sure. Which is Marjorie Hart and the Elixir of Immortality. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Tree of Life. Elixir of Immortality. Yeah, I'm sensing a, a <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. Yeah, but that's, that's still in the early stages. So you know how that goes. I, I do. I do know how that goes. I am writing one of those myself right now. So, you know, um, for me, I and this is interesting. So how does it work for you? I wonder, like, are you um, are you a plotter? Do you just start writing? I love to just dive in. I have an idea. The first about 25,000 words are like really easy because <laughs> I'm just, oh, this is so fun. I have all these ideas. And then it hits reality and I have to start developing it and make everything real and make my characters behave in lifelike manner and all that stuff. And then it just gets a whole lot harder. But um, so, does, doesn't it? <laughs> so how does it work for you? What's your process? Um, I would, I do do a lot of, uh, free writing, uh, which is how I kind of come into ideas. But when things start getting hard, I start using a beat sheet. Um, okay, which, beat which, sheets. Like, so for those of you there, there are um, some of our readers might not be familiar with that. So what is a beat sheet? Sure. Um, a beat sheet is kind of the progression of the story arc. Um, and it's used a beat sheet in particular is used a lot in screenwriting right. because yeah. because a movie hits certain points you get the introduction you get when the bad guy comes in you get the climax it, it lays it all out in fact a great reference for other writers is Blake Snyder's uh, uh, save, save the, the cat, cat. <laughs> yeah that's the one that I use uh just because it, it works and, really and well. there's a there's a save the cat book but um there's also I got signed up for a save the cat newsletter somehow and I don't even know how this happened because I don't actually even use save the cat I know what it is and I think it's cool but I don't use it but I keep getting I keep getting these awesome newsletters come in with new beat sheets that you can actually look at for comparison and all that kind of stuff so um, it's very cool yeah great resource what do you use <laughs> I I began as a full-on pantser, make it up as you go along, um, and then I realized that I really did need to do some level of plotting. So what I use is a system, uh, my brain is dropping names today because I really need to credit the person that this came from. I use a system that has um, 12 key scenes in it. and. They're called signpost scenes, and they're, it's kind of like the movies. He did kind of the same thing as uh, Save the Cat in that he watched a bunch of movies and put together um, what scenes are necessary and where they show up. I do that, and that just that kind of lets me know where I'm at, but kind of in a loose kind of a way. Yeah, because I, I still like to make it up as I go along. But Yeah, <laughs> I find that uh, the plot morphs and shifts even if you plan it, like, oh, it's, absolutely. It's going to change. <laughs> the story <laughs> drives it. 
Totally. It's like, um, for me right now where I'm at with my Carrie Ann King books, I just, if I'm writing a new book, I put together a synopsis in a couple of chapters and I send it to my editor and then they decide if they want to publish it or not. And she knows, I, it's like, I already told her we got after she saw this one, I said, you know, I had to make stuff up for you guys <laughs> because you want to know what happened, but I can't guarantee <laughs> that's the way it's going to play out. And she just laughed. She says, I know, just do your thing. It'll be okay. So. That's one of the fun things of writing. It it takes over, it takes its own course. Well, I write. So were there any were there any surprises in Marjorie that you can you may not be able to reveal because we don't want to give anything away. But I mean, so did that happen for you in the writing of Marjorie where there was something like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that was gonna happen? Yes, there were like two major moments that that happened. I, I don't want to give it You're away. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, I know. But I just remember thinking like, oh, my God, how is this going to work? Like, <laughs> like this is not what I planned. Like, I want. Right. Uh, mm. But you trusted it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you went I, with I it. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I have come to just love those moments, even when they totally turn my book upside down. Um, like, for example, um, other people's things. Um <laughs> There's a the character in here, the love interest in here, actually, his name is Hawk, and he's a private eye, and he's awesome. Um, he showed up when I was in the shower. Like, he literally popped in the shower with me. I, I was three quarters of the way through my first draft, and I was stuck. And then I have a shower, and my shower muse hangs out. Anyway, Hawk pops into the shower and goes, hi, I'm Hawk. I'm a PI. You need me. I'm like, yeah, okay, I do. But then I had to go back to the very beginning and write him in because he didn't exist. Ah, uh, that that part stresses me out because it's. Uh, <laughs> like, I've, had mo I've had moments like that. And you're just like it's, for me for me the free the free writing the initial draft is uh -huh. the easiest part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it comes out. It's like whatever. This is fun. This is here. When you start editing your own work, and this, yeah. this is not the case with other people's work. Like as an editor, I enjoy editing, but my own work is like oh, that's pull, different. Like, pulling teeth. It's yeah. like ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's very different. I'm weird. I like editing my own work. I'm, I'm weird that way. Um, I don't know, but yeah, but don't you just love, I mean, it makes the book better those moments, right? Don't you find? Oh yeah. 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 At the end, you're like, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. That, that was good. Yeah, exactly. You trusted, you listened and you trusted. And I, I feel like that's a really big part of writing to listen. So it's almost kind of like the story's already there, but it just doesn't want to share itself with you. <laughs> so it gives you these little bits and pieces. It's almost, you know, like the mystery that you're, you're, characters are on it's like here's a little clue <laughs> and when you get to a point I'll give you another one and so you just keep going and that's what's uh, fun I love that uh, Liz Gilbert has this really great uh TED talk about the muse kind of like hovering over your desk and like yeah and you just if you show up like if you show up and you listen and you're open to it like that's all you can do Right. Oh, I love that. I love Elizabeth Gilbert. She's a, her, her book, by the way, Big Magic. Um, for those of you who haven't read it, you need to. It's fantastic. Uh, all about really where creativity comes from and getting over your fear. You know, you don't just have to be a writer um, type person to read this book. It really is about listening um, and not letting your fear drive the car, as she says. Um, fear doesn't get to drive. So um, I second that great book. So let's see that cover one more time. Sure, there it is. This is Marjorie Hart in the Tree of Life. 
you can access this book. Um, I'm, it's available for pre-order and you can buy it on the 20th, April 20. I kept wanting to say May, but April 20th. That's like next week, you guys, it's out. So how fun. Um, let me see what else. Where can people find you? We know about Caledina Press. Are you on Facebook? Uh, I sort of, sort of. That's that's like my somewhat private. Uh, okay, media so that's not a good place to look for you. Where but else I, can we I, find you? I am on Twitter uh, okay. at at Amanda Spoke. Uh, Amanda Spoke S P O K E. Okay, so Amanda Spoke S P O K E on Twitter. Okay, what about Instagram? I'm on Instagram too, uh, which I believe is Amanda Marie Vink. <laughs> I don't know what I am. Okay, you can. I'm sure you can find her, um, Amanda Marie Vink, and you know, look at the profile and see if you see a picture of the book because I'm sure it's on there somewhere. We authors post pictures of our books all over the place. Um, yeah, we do. So. <laughs> and we love them and are very proud of them as we should be so congratulations on both creating a publishing company and your very first non-verse novel why do i want to keep calling your first novel it's really your second um on your novel coming out into the world and i hope it does brilliantly and thank you for being here on the show today this was really fun thank you this has been a pleasure and um hopefully you know maybe we will have you back again with the next book Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> All right. Okay. Bye. Bye, everybody. Take care.